Hello and welcome to this episode of Not Just Ghost Stories. I'm your host Josh, joined by Jackie and Laura. We are a small team of experienced paranormal investigators, and here we discuss different locations that we've investigated, along with a little history and the paranormal evidence that we've found. Today we will be discussing exploring pandemonium, a private investigation that we did in Latonia, Kentucky. Jackie, were we able to find any history on the place? A little bit. The building itself was built in 1919. It sits uh, just up from where DeCourcy, Winston, and Southern all converge and was known as Ritz Corners. Not too far down the street was the Latonia Racetrack, established in 1883, and it ran until 1939 and actually had a race that was bigger than the Kentucky Derby. When Prohim Prohibition uh, was enacted in 1919, it opened the way for speakeasies and casinos, and organized crime, of course, came to Covington. The area used to be known as Latonia, but in 1908, the people voted to annex to Covington, and they became one of the largest neighborhoods in the city. In 1991, the building was a headquarters of Feltzner Enterprise. In 96, it was a bar called the Funny Farm. The owner retired and sold the bar in 2020 to its current owners. The new owners brought us in while they were remodeling the place to conduct a paranormal investigation. Both the workers and the owner had noticed some paranormal activity happening in the building. The building comprises a main floor bar and a three-room apartment upstairs. There's a partial dirt floor basement that one can't help but wonder if at one time there'd been tunnels for moving alcohol and other illegal contraband. Connected to the business is another storefront with a kitchen. It is currently housing Kialoha's Kitchen, which provides food to the bar patrons at Pandemonium. The bar owner is Sarah, and it is a showcase for local art and other venues. All right, Jackie, thank you for the... Uh history on the that building of whatever we could actually find about it it was kind of hard to find um but this place was a very interesting place overall um like we said we it was a private one that we um booked because the construction workers along with other people in the building while they were doing the remodeling were having some issues with just some stuff here and there so we said hey we'll come in we'll do it for you we're not going to charge you anything on it um what was your all's first uh, I guess you'd say impressions of the building when we first walked in. Well, first thing, um, when she mentioned that they were remodeling, that seems to be a common theme. You can live in a house forever, but yet when you start remodeling and changing things, it seems to um, get the spirits excited or or mad or whatever and stuff. So paranormal activity does increase a bit. Laura, what about yours? Um, for me, I'm um, initially for me walking in as I just quite frankly didn't feel that it was haunted. There was no indications, no energy shifts for me. Um, it's very interesting in there, you know, because it's it's an old bar and all the fixtures are still there. The original bar, the stools, the huge glass mirrors. So it's a really cool building and just. For me, the initially walking through, I didn't get any readings on it. Okay, great. Um, I mean, as we started to kind of go through everything, I, I will, I'll say I wasn't hundred percent sure either. I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe not. Um, 
as we started doing our walkthrough, uh, you know, I, of course, always carry a recorder and a K2 <laughs> as our initial walkthroughs. Um, the one thing I noticed uh, when we were going in the hallway between the bar and the kitchen, um, my K2 meter just shot up. Uh, it, it was showing nothing but red. It was staying there. It wasn't bouncing. It wasn't doing anything. I was like, what the heck is going on here? Turns out there's a big panel uh, off to the side that was actually electric box that was putting off some major emf fields uh emf being you know magnetic field coming out of the electric box that's why we always do a baseline yeah so you know as you're going through and you're trying to read these things um emf fields at the same time they say that they can affect the body personally too you know you start to kind of feel wobbly you can feel dizzy you can even see things you know so a lot of things are chalked up to emf fields did you all feel anything in those fields? Uh, yeah, EMFs affect me. And it was, as we went by that one place, the EMF was high. I didn't stay in it that long. But high EMFs affect me. I get paranoid and I hear voices. See, I kind of like feel panicky, I guess. Yeah. I mean, it affects every single person differently. I mean, we've been on a bunch of investigations where we have found some high EMF fields in certain areas. And this was one that you were walking right through. It was a, uh, like I hit it before the, even the K2 meter told me something. I hit it and was like, what the heck's going on in here? There's something weird. I just kind of felt like. Uh, it's like your skin crawls. Yeah, like like I had an ear infection all of a sudden or I was sitting on a boat and started wobbling side to side. It was it was kind of a crazy feeling. Um, but as we go through the walkthrough, was there anything else that you all noticed um, as we were walking throughout the buildings? For me, now it is a little bit different in the basement down there, if if you can call it a basement. Yeah, very and small. <laughs> very small, kind of rough. Uh, the electrical outfit down there to me doesn't even look like it's electrical. Yeah, I mean, luckily those weren't putting off EMF fields, or I don't know if we could have even went down there myself. Yeah, they, yeah, they were all kind of like dead, but down there it is, but I don't know if it's because it's kind of like dark and you know, wet-like. Yeah. Jackie, did you have anything on the walkthrough? The basement smelled bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you said it, it, it was um, wet, and it, it smelled like like maybe the sewer needed freshening. <laughs> it was very wet. Um, it was all rock underneath there. I, you know, it was actually layered rock with cement in the, in the basement itself. So that was kind of a different type of feeling down there, and you were surrounded by that rock. Well, it also felt incomplete. That's yeah. why I said about tunnels. It just felt like, hmm, there's got to be more to it. Yeah. And as we investigated a little bit down there, it kind of felt like, and as you started looking up underneath the building, like the backfill was different from the rest of the building. Like something could have been down there. The rock work was a little bit different down there also. We know um, that organized crime that was in this area back in the day, I guess to say, they did a lot of stuff through tunnels. I mean, you know, Covington, and then most people are not familiar with this area, but that's it, pretty much adjacent to a city called Newport, which was also, you know, a huge crime syndicate area. Mm -hmm. And so I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that's it was right ran. there on the corner, and that's kind of where they all hung out from the you know, the history that we were able to gather from 
Yeah, that's kind of how they ran a lot of their prohibition, you know, stuff through there, trying to to get alcohol to different places too. So it was a, a good possibility. I mean, we're talking about going back to prohibition days with this building. Um, you know, there's always been some type of, of bar ran out of there that we know of. Um, I think at one point, wasn't it a bakery or something that was ran out of there? It could have been. Yeah. yeah that We never found anything definitive, but it's kind of the word on the street, I guess you could say down there. Yeah. And I think too, it doesn't always have to be a ghost that, you know, gets trapped in time. It, it can just be the energy. When you're in that basement, you can feel like the... Um, the energy of, of a secret of, you know, store, stowing things away, uh, probably some other illegal things took, took place down there. So for me, it wasn't necessarily that it was haunted by a ghost as in a single personality. It was just more of, of that energy of the atmosphere in that area is contained in that building. I think it's just because so much of it's original. They also used it not only for, illegal movements of uh, drugs and other substance. But as the street got more busy, getting the um, alcohol maybe across from the warehouse or wherever they had to drop it off, it was a lot easier to move it underneath the street than it was to try to get it across the street. So we're not saying that it was all a drug-laden prohibition uh, type bar, but probably was. Yeah, it, it's a possibility. <laughs> Seem to be a lot of indications. Yeah. You never know. Well, let's get into the rest of the ghost hunt as far as on this uh, bar area and the kitchen area. Um, there was a few things that we have done. Uh, we ended up setting up a rim pod on the bar. Uh, just had it sitting there. We just decided, hey, we're going to have it set over here. Let's see what happens. Um at one point, the owner, Sarah, was walking in the door. She had been out front, walked in the door. The REM pod started going off. She's like, it's not gonna, and we can have it on a recorder. That's the only thing I know we have it on. I don't think we have it on the video of it going off. But um, she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to make that happen. And we're like, um, you, you couldn't have. She was about 15 feet away from the REM pod in order to make it go off. It's like, that's not how it works. You have to be touching the uh, antenna on that REM pod. Laura, do you remember that one? Yeah, yeah, and it stuck out for me because you really do see a trend when if there is an entity presence, if someone comes around that it is familiar with, that it's used to being there, a lot of times they do become more responsive, more interactive. So for me, that was when it was like, oh, thank God we are going to get some sort of evidence. You know, I'm not going to have to tell my friend that, you know, she's crazy, there's nothing here. So, yeah, I, I definitely remember when that REM pod hit because I was like, oh, thank you. There's at least one ghost here. <laughs> well, even before that, when we were setting up, there's a, a little uh, make, makeshift stage there, which we had put our cases on, and we were setting up, and I had the dousing pendulum. Wasn't getting any hits. Well, um, Sarah and I believe it was her daughter or some child came in with her, and I gave them dousing rods, and they started getting hits. Yeah. And it's, you know, with dowsing rods, it's kind of more intent. What what do you want to find? We right. just told them, you know, you're looking for somebody to talk to. You're looking for an entity. You're looking for a ghost. Um, and they started getting those hits, and they kept crossing the dowsing rods for them. Um, and they were really, you know, taken back by that. It was pretty, you know, pretty cool situation to kind of let them know, hey, you're not, you're not crazy. <laughs> Things are happening. And look, they're wanting to talk to you. 
Um, we did a lot of dowsing at this place. We uh, ended up doing dowsing by pendulum and by rods uh, in different areas. Uh, Jackie, do you remember getting the dowsing pendulum going? Yeah, I believe we were in the kitchen side. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did end up talking to, I affectionately called him a drunk Irishman because he was the one who was in charge of moving the beer, and it was obvious that he was also sampling the beer. <laughs> and he really liked to mess with that pendulum. I remember at one point he had that thing going in a pretty big circle. We're like, okay, you have to calm it down. I think he was just having fun by that point. Like, watch what I can do type of thing. <laughs> yeah, I think he was drunk. Um, yeah. <laughs> Super friendly. Yeah. Um, he he was uh, he was pretty fun to talk to overall. Um Anytime we try to get something from, we're like, okay, calm it down. We had to finally stop the pendulum at one point and almost picked right back up. I can remember I'm hitting it again. It was like, okay, dude, you got to, we're trying to talk to you. <laughs> I think at one point we we cut it off realizing that we're just getting drunk answers now. So, <laughs> Yeah, and, and my impression of him was uh, I did get sort of like a photograph and, and he was from like maybe the 1920s era based on, you know, the clothing and attire that he yeah. had going. I mean, he was he was pretty fun to talk to. Now, we did do uh, sensory depth also um, in different places throughout this. Where we seemed to be getting that was more on the bar side. Uh, there was a room off to the side of the stage area, right? It used to be the bathroom, but they're remodeling it into something else, I think. That's correct. Um, and I remember I was under sensory depth. I remember you all were getting answers. Do you remember anything about that? uh, Yeah, that was weird because we were talking to a man and it was almost like it was his house, but he was a businessman and he was pretty, um, I guess I want to say firm with his uh, wife and his children there and stuff. But like I say, I got the impression that he lived in the house and yet did he run his business or maybe ran his business out of the house? It was kind of unclear on that. I think it's possible because... Like now there's, you know, there's an apartment that's upstairs. We were not able to investigate that because it, it is occupied. Um, So it is very possible that he did live there. Yeah. And then, well, even with that apartment, I remember uh, Sarah had told us that things were happening up there. And the guy that lived upstairs was, was more of a skeptic. Um, but things were happening. She's like, I've seen stuff happen. Up yeah. There. I know that some pictures, you know, had came off the wall. Yeah, and and it was while people were looking at it come off the wall. Yeah, I was just kind of. I wish we could have gotten up there to do some yeah. type of investigation to and really see what was happening. It didn't just fall; it it fell probably about a couple feet from where it wouldn't be like oh the nail it slipped its nail, but it it was a couple feet away from the wall when it landed. You're right. She actually described it, Jackie, wasn't it? Like um, she said like it looked like it came like up and out. Yeah. Like if somebody was removing it off of the. Okay. Now. And well, and just kind of the, a little bit more background on this is that location has two different addresses. I didn't, did you know that? Yes. So, you know, it could be at one point that one building could have been two separate buildings and we were talking with different people from different things, considering on what side of the building we were in which is another good possibility to think of. Yeah. So when you have the business guy that was with this family, it might have been a house at one point, and the other side might have been a business uh, with that second address. It's the only thing I can think of uh, overall. 
We also talked to someone that was uh, kind of in that area where the sink is, <clears throat> that big industrial sink. Yeah. yeah. Um, that one we didn't get a lot of answers from, but we knew that they were there. But there yeah, but there was a, definitely a spirit there in that area, just not as forthcoming, but most certainly there. And very fleeting. I don't know if she uh, appeared or or you guys caught her or anything, but where we were talking to the drunk Irishman, it was in the kitchen, and in the corner of the kitchen, there was a, a huge amount of sadness, just a, just an overwhelming feeling of sadness, but it felt more like a female sadness. She never responded. I tried dousing with her. She never responded. I tried the recorder. She never responded and stuff. It was that, that so much sadness that she wasn't going to respond. Well, see, there was several spirits there that didn't really interact with us, you know, and it passed it being known that they were there is about as far as we got, I guess I should say, but this is not a place that's ever been investigated. So you got to wonder too, if they just don't know what the heck is going on or, or how to interact with what, you know, equipment we had brought with us. Oh yeah. I mean, that's true. Um, Jackie, speaking of female, just kind of remembered uh, full spectrum. Didn't you get something on full spectrum? I did get uh, something on the full spectrum camera. There, of course, like Laura said, the bar is is gorgeous. It's it's wood, it's mirrors. Uh, It's been there for quite a long time, and I was just taking pictures. Um, Of course, I always look through the eyepiece, even though uh, you know you can see it on the view. And when I had the camera up before I took the picture, I'm like. I would see, I'm looking into the mirror and I'm seeing a woman and she's got like a braid around her head and she looks very, I like to call them German, very upright, very like kind of tough. Like this is a woman that would be a bartender in a time when women weren't supposed to. And if you made the wrong remark to her, you probably got your head bashed in. Very tough woman. I, I look because I'm like, well, that's cool. So I put the camera down, nothing. Put the camera up, I see her. I believe I asked Laura, I asked you to look through it. You did. did. Mm-hmm. Did you see her? Yes. It yeah. is. And that was about the same time, too, that we found those really old photos. Remember, Jackie? Yes. That was That was like yep. up underneath that bar. I mean, these photos were old, like, you know, throw a sheet over a light, old. Yeah. And that lady was similar. <laughs> At least her hairdo was similar to the person we saw in the picture. But I did I did snap a picture um, after I got done playing camera up, camera down. I did snap, uh, snap a picture, I should say several pictures. You always take a series of pictures to see if, if it occurs in one, will it occur in the other? If it occurs in a lot of pictures, it's possibly something in this physical world that is manifesting itself or a shadow or something like that. I did snap a picture. We're going to post that picture. You guys go look at that picture and you tell me what you see in the picture. That's all I'm going to say. We can't wait. It's a cliffhanger. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, Now with the rest of the investigation, like we said, we've done sensory depth. Is there anything else that's really stuck out to you during the investigations? that we did there. The biggest thing was when the owner 
And I don't know if that was her daughter or not. I'll just call her her daughter. It, it wasn't her. It, she doesn't have any children. And I'm not for sure who the. Okay. So the owner and this other, I shouldn't say a child, but young person was with her. We got a bit more activity. Yeah. That was, that kind of stuck out with me when, especially when Sarah would be walking through things all of a sudden just seemed to happen all of a sudden. It was kind of, it was fun to watch at, at points. Yeah. I really say. Now we got to strive to figure out why is that? <laughs> Except the drunk guy. Sarah was nowhere <laughs> around and that drunk guy was just talking to us. I think he was three sheets to the wind by that point. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> he was, he was pretty fun overall. He would. I, I'd probably say that was more memorable to me there than anything else. Yes. Most people do ghost hunting to get scared, but it's it's a lot better when you get the ones that just kind of crack you up and stuff. Yeah. Um, so overall thinking of investigation, this was a good one. I like this one. Anybody it was. Else? It was. Like I said, initially on the walkthrough, I was like, oh, I don't feel anything. But actually a lot of things came up. Like when... When Sarah came in, the owner is now present. Familiarity. Um, just a lot of things that make you kind of piece things together and then ask more questions. So, yeah, I did like this one because yeah. it leaves you some things to ponder about and try to find a way to prove or disprove in the future. Well, and it's one of those ones like at Wielden. I mean, like what we had just talked about, the whole entire night just felt dead. Uh, and when we walked into this place, it was one of those things. It's like, uh, there might not be nothing here. And then all of a sudden, you just start getting activity. The activity actually happened for us while we were actually there compared to Wielden, which we didn't know happened until after we were gone. Yeah. Jackie, your overall impression? And um, as a uh, ghost hunting team and stuff like that, we do it because we enjoy it, but we also do it to help people. And for us to walk in there and go, the place is dead and leave would not have helped her. That's why we kept an open mind. We stayed and we investigated and uh, we let her know not only that, yes, she was, she's not crazy, that also we didn't find anything bad. And sometimes that's nice just to go on a ghost hunt and find normal, regular ghosts. <laughs> that's true. Yep. Just hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> So with all of this being said, what was your star piece of equipment for this investigation? Mine was the uh, full-spectrum camera. Nice. The REM pod. REM pod. For me, it would be the dowsing pendulum. Uh, it was fun talking to the drunk guy through that. That one, yeah, you're right. I mean, those are some <laughs> major swings. Yeah, um, and even the dowsing rods when Sarah had them in her hand. And things were actually starting to happen for her, and we weren't even really set up yet. We were just kind of getting right. things together. So, and she was kind of wondering how things were. So, the dowsing actually works really, really well in that place, and things are actually happening from it uh, on that side, which is fun. Fun overall. Yeah, if you're ever investigating for someone and the things that they're reporting are not happening while you're there, I absolutely encourage you to bring in the person with the claim. You, the chances are, are a lot more likely that it will be reproduced with that person present. All right. True. Well, um, and with all of this being said, uh, we're going to invite you, like I said, we're going to have a few different things on our, on our website, on our Facebook page and Instagram page um, that we're going to put up there, the full spectrum, right? Uh, pictures that Jackie has, uh, any type of recording. So please, we want you to go check that out. 
Is there any last words for everybody? Yes, I'm waiting for you to ask if I'd want to do it again, and the answer is yes. I would love to get into the apartment upstairs. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have that written down. <laughs> I, I am anxious. I feel like it was half done. And also on um, Ghost Hunts Like This, we've been in there. We've talked to them. They saw us with the owner. Usually on our on a return visit, we will get more. They'll be more... Um, anxious to interact with us. For me, I would absolutely do it again. I, I have yet to find a ghost hunt where I'm like, no, I have no interest to go back there. So for yes, I would love to. Um, I'm with Jackie. I, it's always curious to see is the activity increased by the amount of time you spend in there. All right. And I would say yes, I would go back there. It's a very safe hunt. It's a fun hunt. Um, I would love to get upstairs to the uh, apartment if we ever got the chance to get up there. So, yeah, I would definitely go back. All right. And with that being said, this has been Not Just Ghost Stories. And we have been your hosts, Josh. Laura. And Jackie. And until next time, you can find pictures and findings and contact us about today's episode on all social media platforms at Not Just Ghost Stories. Thanks. Thanks.